Next on BYU Sports Nation, leaving a legacy on Cougar football. Seniors Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman, which star produced the biggest impact on BYU's program? Appeal this. A national championship is in the discussion for the BYU men's cross-country team. The NCAA allowing Jared Ward to do what he does best, run. Plus, college basketball stats guru Ken Pomeroy joins us. And the Friday Five gets you set for a wild weekend of BYU sports. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Congratulations, one and all. You have made it to another Friday. November 15th on BYU Sports Nation. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Yeah, sing it, Montel. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Wild weekend of sports on BYU Radio and BYU TV underway. It got an early start last night. The 24th-ranked women's volleyball team sweeping Gonzaga to remain atop the West Coast Conference. Then, Jerem, tonight, NCAA tournament time for 19th-ranked BYU women's soccer. Their first round win-or-be-gone match against in-state foe Weber State live on BYU TV, 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Mountain. Bring it, Wildcats. Yeah. That game followed by BYU men's hoops. The Cougars hosting Mount St. Mary's. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that courtesy of Jerem Jordan throughout the week. In the College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. And that's just through Friday. Six broadcasts in a 50-hour span on BYU Radio and BYU TV. This is the craziest weekend maybe in our history ever. It's awesome. I love it. A win last night. 1-0 in the six games so far. BYU's going to go 6-0. and What's okay, going to happen? We took it through Friday. What's on the docket for Saturday? Okay, Saturday, uh, football versus Idaho State, the last home game. Big home game, last chance to see Van Noy Hoffman and the guys in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That starts at 3 Eastern on BYU TV. And then after that game, women's hoops on BYU Radio. That game starts at 6 Eastern. And then uh, men's hoops, 930 Eastern against Colorado Mesa, formerly known as Mesa State. That's right. Grand so, Junction shout-out. Yeah, you used to live there. So three games tomorrow. Two today, three tomorrow, six in 50 hours. That's how we roll. BYU Broadcasting, the wild weekend of sports. A friendly reminder, you can listen to our show, BYU Sports Nation, every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYU Radio, byuradio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show also on demand every day. On the newly launched BYURadio.org, you can catch the rebroadcast if you choose each day, 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Mountain on BYU Radio. So that's how you listen. We want you to join the conversation. You can send tweets at BYU Sports Nation. You can like and comment on the new Facebook page. We have an Instagram as well, at BYU Sports Nation. And vote in the daily poll question on BYUTVSports.com. Here it is. Which BYU senior leaves the biggest legacy at BYU? Cody Hoffman or Kyle Van Noy? What that's do you a, think? That's a really tough question for, for like 10 different reasons. Two guys, different sides of the ball, have both made game-changing plays, have both made bowl game-winning plays. Think about Cody Hoffman in uh, the Armed Forces Bowl against Tulsa, catches the game-winning touchdown from Riley Nelson on the uh, red alert play where they fake the snap and throw to him in the corner. Then Kyle Van Noy single-handedly takes over the Poinsettia Bowl in 2012. I think Van Noy has more national pub, and because he's a higher draft pick, a lot of people may lean toward him. But Cody Hoffman is the all-time... Uh, the, in, the tree, in the trio, statistically, statistically is the all-time leader for BYU receiving in yards, catches, and touchdown catches. And he could be in 100-yard receiving games as well. I think when all is said and done... And you, if you just looked at BYU play, because we have no idea how they're going to turn out in the NFL, it's going to be Van Noy by a nose. But you know what? Both of these guys, how fun has it been to have both these guys come up together? It's been awesome. And as it's you mentioned, been so fun. Yeah, as you mentioned, last chance to watch them uh, at home in Provo and Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They'll be honored on Senior Day with a number of other notable seniors that we'll get to in just a moment. But answer the question on Twitter. Which BYU senior leaves the biggest legacy at BYU? Also vote at BYUTVSports.com. At Rich underscore Dandy. Nice uh, Sophie's Choice for a poll today. It won't work. I pick both. (laughs) Okay. We want you to make a choice. But you can't pick both. You can't pick both. My friends, rise and shout. It's time for the Friday Five. Things you need to know heading into this wild weekend of sports. Number one. We get you ready for the weekend on BYU Sports Nation with the Friday Five. 
Win by 80. BYU-Idaho State. Tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio starting at 3 p.m. Eastern. How do you gauge success in this game for BYU? Like, if the Cougars win 45-7, to is that a failure? Yes. <laughs> they, they win by 38, that's a failure. Yes, 38, that's it? <laughs> to that team? Come on. you got to win by 45. you got to win by 50. I... Honestly, if BYU doesn't score 50, I'm disappointed. If BYU scores 60-plus, I say, okay, you executed at the level that you need to. Notre Dame is on the horizon. This Saturday is not about Idaho State. It's about the seniors, and it's about getting ready for Notre Dame. Don't sleep on Idaho State, says Trevor Maddich, right? Now don't sleep on Idaho State. They're next. <laughs> that was Monday. Um, I'm, I'm sleeping on Idaho State, okay? BYU needs to have a ridiculous third-down conversion percentage they need their rush per attempt needs to be really high they need to get backups in and they need to execute at a high level BYU needs to put points on the board not because they're rubbing it in Idaho State's face because BYU is a superior team but because BYU executes at a high level and you get yourself ready for Notre Dame you want to stay crisp and stay healthy Bronco Mendenhall is not a guy that will run up the score that's just not in his blood he does not do that so at what point does he pull off the gas when when BYU let's say BYU scores forty nine points in the first half, then, that would be a tremendous first then half. Then what? Then what after that? Ammon, Ammon Olson, baby, the Ammon <laughs> show, the arms race, <laughs> the arms race with Ammon Olson. I was waiting for that to come out on the air. Oh man. Okay, so let me ask you this, Jerem: How many points does BYU need to score for you to feel like? It's satisfactory or above. Give me a specific number. Satisfactory or above would be 55. I really want 60-plus, though. I want to... Hey, if you can score in the 40s against the Boise States and Houston's and Texas, that means you got to go 60 on a team like Idaho State. Do it. Go do it. Okay. But you know what? It's not up to Taysom Hill and Cody Hoppin and Jamal. It's up to Ammon Olsen and Algernon Brown and Kurt Henderson. It's their time to shine. And here's the thing. BYU beat Idaho State 56-3 to the last time these two teams met in 2011. And you've mentioned that BYU was not as good a team back then, and Idaho State was technically a little bit better team. So that's why you feel so strongly about BYU needing to win by 50-plus. Is, is, am, I, am I gathering that? Yes, and here's the thing. Kyle Van Noy needs to just lock up his every stat, every defensive stat thing. That he's done the last two years. He needs a, f- a fumble, a forced fumble, and a blocked kick. This is the game to do it. Why not go out with a bang? Because it's easier. Senior day. Than Notre Dame, Nevada, and Washington. Generally, our bold game. prediction is uh, Jerem says that BYU wins 17 plus. Uh, now it's BYU 70 plus, correct? By 70 plus. <laughs> bold prediction. Let's keep it rolling. Number two on the Friday Five. One more time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, 22 seniors playing their final home contest for BYU. And it's not just Van Noy and Hoffman. Yeah, they're the two notables, the two headliners, but there are some prominent players leaving this BYU football program. How about Daniel Sorensen, J.D. Falslove, Skylar Ridley? Twelfth-year senior Ethan Manumaleuna. Twel- <laughs> who, who solidified his uh, name in BYU folklore uh, blocking the kick in the 2007 Las Vegas Bowl. Kai Forbath, who was an NFL kicker, by the way. Yeah. Ethan uh, got a big paw up there and uh, knocked it away BYU BTCLA in the Las Vegas Bowl. So yeah, that's Ethan Manumaleona making an impact all the way back in 2007. Now to Kyle Van Noy. We spoke with him earlier, and uh, obviously it's an emotional thing to play your last home game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and he had this to say about that experience approaching. It's been quite an honor and uh, to be able to make my own mark there. It's been kind of special for me to be able to finish my last my senior season there and be able to leave my legacy okay that was solid emotion in the voice but let's take it next level really set the mood kyle van noy quite an honor and uh, (laughs) to be able to make my own mark there it's been kind of special for me to be able to finish my last my senior season there and be able to leave my legacy That Uh, (laughs) that really makes it better. That makes it way better. Boys to men always makes it better. Uh, (laughs) I wish all of you could see our producer, Ben Bagley, laughing at us through the window. That is awesome. You will when this show's on TV. (laughs) Oh, Kyle Van Noy and Boys to Men. Sing it, brother. Jerem, can you you sing that for me? Can you do that? I'm not going to go there. I I limit it to uh, Montel Jordan and... uh, 
what I don't know what else. In all seriousness, Chicago. it has been a really special thing for BYU fans to watch Kyle Van Noy play. He didn't uh, have to come back this year. No, he and we would have understood. Done. He was gone mentally. I was at the game, the Poinsettia Bowl, with my wife and my son uh, last year, and when I saw him do what he did, I looked at her and said, "He is so gonzo to the NFL, and good for him." Last night, I retweeted a video that BYU Cougars made. Jordan Finauer and his crew. Uh, made it's called up close with Kyle Van Noy. It's on YouTube. He talked about that decision in there. He said that he talked to three different people, three close people that gave him some advice, and he received negative feedback when he came back from the, some people close to him. But how fun has it been for him to come back as a BYU Cougar? I wouldn't say that he's had a um, better season. I think he's equal to what he did last year. He's had some the pick six against Utah State is certainly memorable, and he's had some great plays this year. But it's been fun to have him back. He'll go down as one of the, as the wrecking ball in BYU history uh, on defense. He's just been so awesome to watch him play. Please tell me we are not going to cue Miley Cyrus and I came in like a wrecking yeah. ball. Yeah, I, no, that's you. That's no, no twerking in this studio, hey, please. Hey, the BYU basketball team would appreciate that reference. Eric Mika and Chase Fisher. We're in talking particular. about football, y'all. Okay, that's true. Oh, we move on on the Friday Five. Numero Trace. A double dose of hoops. Men's hoops against St. Mary's tonight, 9.30 Eastern on BYU TV slash BYU Radio. Tomorrow, BYU and the Mavericks out of Grand Junction and Colorado Mesa. That game also 9.30 Eastern and will be simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Cougars ride in a huge wave of momentum after 112 points against Stanford. An instant classic, as we dubbed it on BYU Sports Nation. So they kind of go down in, in competition. It's kind of like the football team playing Idaho State when you compare uh, the basketball team taking on Mount, Mount St. Mary's and Colorado Mesa. But tune-up. Exactly. It's tune a tune-up for Iowa State, Exactly. Baby. Huge a team, game next, a team that next Wednesday. BYU last year. So Mount St. Mount St. Mary's tonight, Colorado Mesa <laughs> tomorrow, and then Iowa State next Wednesday, followed by Monday and Tuesday, this uh, college basketball experience Hall of Fame Classic. Need a longer name for that one. That Iowa State is not a part of that, but the two games this weekend are, and then it's BYU in Kansas City against Texas, and then depending on if, if BYU, when BYU wins that game, playing the winner of DePaul and Wichita State. So you have some big, big games right after these two. Tune up, continue to get better. Here's the thing. BYU's not going to score 112 points tonight. Well, they don't need to. They, don't, they won't need to, but... Against that's why it was so amazing. It wasn't Mount St. Mary's or Colorado Mesa that BYU scored 112 points on. It was Stanford, uh, a team that went to the NIT, a Pac-12 team. So I'm excited to see BYU continue to get better. They won't play as well as they did Monday. It's not going to happen. That was that was ridiculous. But can BYU do some different things? Can BYU get different guys involved, build depth, like we're talking about Idaho State? We'll ask Ken Pomeroy, BYU. Uh, well, he's a notable college basketball personality and a friend of BYU's program. He's he's around it a lot, around Dave Rose and his guys quite a bit, stats guru. We'll ask him about the national scope of BYU basketball after that Stanford win and moving forward towards Iowa State, uh, assuming BYU survives this weekend at home, w- which they will. Number four. It's tourney time. Tonight on BYU TV, 7 p.m. Eastern, First-round women's soccer NCAA tournament throwdown between the Cougars of BYU, ranked 19th, and Weber State. An in-state showdown. The two teams met on the basketball court last Friday night, and a week later, boy, now this one really matters. And ask anybody, they'll tell you, for BYU women's soccer, this is the biggest game of the year because if you lose, you're done. BYU, and most likely, uh, if they win this game, the most likely scenario, I should say, is they will head to Tallahassee, Florida and take on uh, either Denver or Colorado on a neutral site there in Tallahassee with potentially a Sweet 16 matchup against the number 1 seed Florida State Seminoles. The real question today is what the, what the weather is going to be like because it's not looking good today. 43 degrees, weather.com says 43 degrees at 5 p.m. and uh, 30% chance of... Precipitation, a few showers. See, that's that. Cover yourself, brother. That that makes this game almost a a little frightening for BYU fans because when weather plays a huge factor in soccer, it's the worst, man. Weird things happen in weather, especially in in the game of soccer. So uh, BYU will have to be on point. They're ranked 19th. They've had a nice little run to end the season. 
Uh, they beat Portland, who is uh, a number two, a number three seed, I believe. Uh, Santa Clara is a number four seed out of the West Coast Conference. So they played in a very good soccer conference, pre- preparing themselves for another tournament run. They went to the Elite Eight last year, but it starts with Weber State tonight on BYU TV. A number of speaking of seniors number of great seniors. Erica Owens in goal. If you haven't seen her play, she's a lot of fun to watch. Does a great job. Just a .63 goals against average. And then Chloe Coulihan, the transfer from Portland. Another fun player to watch. And Rachel Manning. They call her the Magnet. Uh, has a great ability to score with her head. She will be on BYU Sports Nation in about 35 minutes. So don't miss that. Rachel Manning coming up on BYU Sports Nation towards the end of the hour. And number five. Run, Jared, run. Oh, yes. Jared Ward reinstated by the NCAA. Yes! And the BYU men's cross-country team. Now, before they were a national championship contender, ranked fifth in the country, and that was without Jared Ward, who was arguably their top gun runner. He's going to compete today, this weekend, and now the Cougars can really get some traction moving forward. We told you yesterday that there was an 8 a.m. Mountain Time teleconference with the NCAA. This was the second appeal with the NCAA and BYU won. Thanks in part to the Court of Public Opinion nationally that in two previous cases helped BYU's in this one. Middle Tennessee had a football player, a Marine, who participated in a game uh, with Marines overseas in the NCAA. They called it a semi-pro league, which is ridiculous. Yeah, semi-pro, not the movie. So he, he ends up appealing and he gets to play, right? He played against BYU. He was a backup linebacker. Then there's the Mormon kid in Georgia who plays at Colgate, and off his mission, or before his mission, he played in a Baptist league or something. He won an appeal as well. So BYU, uh, they felt good about it, and they got it. We'll talk with Jared Ward in the next segment. Uh, We spoke with him yesterday. We'll play back some of that interview. He is pumped to run in the NCAA Regional today, which, by the way, is going to be in the rain in Ogden, Utah. BYU trying to qualify for the NCAA championships. The Cougars are ranked fifth without their best guy, as you mentioned. It's going to happen. They're going to qualify. And he's going to run in the NCAA championships and be the most notable figure in that because of this. Run, Jared, run. More of that interview, uh, as Jared mentioned, coming up in just a few minutes on BYU Sports Nation. The, the Twitter question today, who leaves a greater legacy at BYU? Cody Hoffman or Kyle Van Noy? This is coming from at BYU Clark. This is fantastic. He says, Hoffman Noy. It's a cross between a Hoffman and a KVN. Pretty much my favorite animal. <laughs> Mine's a liger. <laughs> At BYU GIF. Yeah, no contest. No contest? Really? I think it's a major contest. Yeah. This is a tough poll question because we are BYU Sports Nation. We love BYU. We love Cody Hoffman and Kyle Van Oy. These guys are tremendous. We're just trying to ID which of these two guys will stick out the most when all is said and done. In 20 years, when you're talking about these two guys, which guy left the bigger legacy? At Corey Hatch, Kyle Van Noy did things never before seen by defenders at BYU, and that that literally is true. He is he is one of only uh, a few guys to record a stat in every defensive category and do it two years in a row. Is I've it- never heard of other guys doing this. I, I imagine it's happened. I've never heard of someone else doing that. One season, let alone two seasons. Yeah, he, he's a special player, and that's a huge understatement. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, Jared Ward. Run, Jared, run. Go in-depth with him and find out what that conversation with the NCAA was like. Plus, coming up later, Ken Pomeroy, NCAA basketball stats guru. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Tyler Haas on display on BYU TV tonight, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time against Mount St. Mary's. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on B to the Y to the U Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. As always, you can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. If you haven't seen our Instagram show preview today, <laughs> it's worth it. That's all I'll say. Just check it out. It, we take loopiness to a new level. Tonight, we've got a doubleheader. Watch BYU take on Weber State in women's soccer live at 7 p.m. Eastern. First round of the NCAA tournament on BYU TV. Then at 9.30 Eastern, the men's basketball team hosts Mount St. Mary's Mount St. Mary's on BYU TV and BYU Radio. There are no Australians that we know of uh, on Mount St. Mary's Thank that goodness. we need to worry about. 
Hashtag no more Delavadova. Slash bring it on Delavadova. Oh, dang it, he graduated. Yeah. Del- <laughs> no, actually, Del- I actually would like to play against Matthew Delavadova, CBOA player, one more time oh, this okay. year. No, I don't, want, I don't want nothing to do with that guy. His mouth guard would just rock my that, world. That forearm shiver will get you in the chops, man. <laughs> Our Twitter Facebook question today, who leaves the greater legacy on BYU football? Cody Hoffman or Kyle Van Noy? And as we anticipated, Kyle Van Noy, because he's kind of done it in a more flashy way, and as a defender, it's harder. It's harder to win games and, and have an That's impact like, point. like he has done. It's, it's just way more difficult because you're not – technically as involved as a wide receiver. And so I think that's why a lot of people are leaning towards Kyle Van Noy. And, and I understand that, but we don't want to take away from Cody Hoffman because he's broken basically every prominent wide receiving record. Yeah, he's been tremendous. Cody Hoffman has been amazing. I would, I would say he's the second best receiver in BYU history behind Austin Collie. If Austin Collie had stayed one more year, and you know what year that year would have been? Oh, 09. Oh, that man. team with Austin Collie? Yikes. That you may be you may be in position against Florida State or TCU. I don't know. I'd never thought about that, but that hurts a little bit. But so Austin Colley uh, was tremendous. Cody Hoffman has been amazing. Van Noy has had so many just plays that stick out. Uh, Hoffman too. When we did the top fifty plays over the summer, it was a it was a Hoffman showcase. He had like six plays in there. He was awesome. And again, another adjective to describe Kyle Van Noy. I think we've heard fantastic, awesome. Uh, epic. Yeah, you pick the word, and, and he is that. Now, here's an interesting story. And if you haven't been following the national sports scene and the NCAA and uh, another snafu that they've had, the name Jared Ward may not ring through to you, but after today, it should, because Jared Ward's story is very intriguing given the circumstances uh, that he was presented and uh, his inability to run with the BYU men's cross-country team because he competed in a race that really didn't have any prominence in, in his career or on the college cross-country game. And so let's kind of recap what he's gone through before we get to our interview with him and really intriguing stuff here. So he returned from his mission in September 2009. He, he returned to home too late to enroll, so he prepared himself at home, uh, getting ready for the track and field season in the spring and cross-country the next winter. So he entered BYU as a freshman in the winter of 2010. Okay, So in the fall of 2009, he competed in a recreational race that included coaches and family in a race prior to the meet, which he said included a guy in a banana suit, a gorilla costume, a tuxedo, that kind of race, right? So how competitive is that? Uh, not. So when Jared arrived at BYU, he fills out a form saying he participated in that race, right? That, yeah, so that he, didn't, he didn't dodge it. Right. He could have lied easily, and it would, would be a non-issue, right? But he put it on there. So BYU petitioned... and. So, so he's, he's told after that that he's now a sophomore all of a sudden, that his freshman year is just gone, right? So that's you know, 10, 11, 12 for the fall cross-country season. BYU petitioned this spring to get him a senior year for the fall and was denied. BYU then appealed, first appeal, and was denied. Then after the Colgate basketball player case two weeks ago, BYU appealed again and then had the teleconference yesterday and won. So really the third time's a charm, right? Yes, yeah, second appeal, third kind of denial, appeal, appeal. So here's what's going to happen. Jared Ward will race with BYU tomorrow in the NCAA regionals. And if he qualify, if when BYU qualifies as a team, he's going to run with the team in the NCAA championships next week. BYU's ranked fifth without their best guy. Say that again. BYU's ranked fifth without, without their best guy, Jared Ward. <laughs> they could win a national title. They really could. That, that puts them in the conversation for sure. If they weren't already in it, they are definitely in it now with a talented guy like Jared coming back. We spoke with him yesterday afternoon right after he won the appeal and asked him what his initial reaction to the NCAA accepting that appeal was, knowing now that he can race. Oh, you know, i just just grateful that the, uh, the NCAA took another look at it and that we had so much support um, from... Uh, BYU internally and media externally. It's uh, it's been a ride, but I'm you know ecstatic that it ended like this. Were you optimistic going into that meeting with the NCA? You know, I would I would say that I was hopeful. Um, I don't know how optimistic I was. We had uh, you know we had already gone through the appeal process a few times, um, but I was I was hopeful. Okay, so your story gained some serious national buzz and some traction across the country. Everybody started voicing an opinion. What role do you feel the court of public opinion had in all of this? 
You know, that's hard to say um, because I, I had very little communication directly with NCAA. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how much how much the media played a part or how much, uh, you know, BYU's compliance internally played a part. Um, but I, I certainly feel like they, uh, you know, one way or another, they got the job done. Jared Ward, a BYU men's cross-country team member joining BYU Sports Nation. Take us into that, uh, that meeting with the NCAA. I know it was, a, it was a conference call. What was the tone of that? What was the discussion like? Uh, essentially, um, I was just given an opportunity to um, briefly voice my opinion um, about the ruling and uh, about the details of, of the violation. And, uh, and then they took that and... Uh, decided and and issued a ruling when you got the ruling i'm, I'm just guessing that there were uh, some chest bumps and high fly uh, high fives flowing freely whether in the meeting or outside uh very cool stuff uh, now the question is have you practiced at the same level as if you were eligible just in case uh just as of recently um I participated in the Chicago Marathon last month and um took a couple of weeks recovering from that and then uh, began building my fitness as if I was preparing for indoor track uh, when this um, when Nathan Harris case um, and Colgate uh, came out uh, we began to be hopeful and and um, when BYU compliance said well yeah we think that's precedence for for another appeal I immediately began practicing with the team but that was uh, fairly recently so do you feel like you're ready for the regionals um, yeah, I feel like I'll be all right. You know, I I don't know that I could say that um I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I was I'm as fit as maybe I could have been with with an entire season of uh of practice and uh conditioning, but but I feel good about my fitness. Uh coach Eyestone prepared me well for the marathon and uh and I think that he has already adjusted me well for the 10K. The team is ranked 5th nationally, which is great in and of itself, but without arguably it's Top Gun Runner. Now that you're back in the mix, do you feel BYU can not only compete for, but maybe win its first national championship? You know, we're certainly going to try. Um, it, you know, it, there's there's a lot of good teams out there, um, and particularly right up there at the top end, um, but we'll go out and uh, and run our race and see what can happen. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put us out of, I'm not going to say we don't have the opportunity to do that. What's the reaction been from your teammates with this news? I have the best teammates in the world. Um, they've been 100% supportive. And I, I've noticed on Twitter, it seems like every single guy tweeted a link to the Doug Robinson Deseret News article. You, you have some good buddies. Uh, that, that's for certain. For certain. My, uh, you know, even outside of my teammates, my ex-teammate, um, Ryan Waite, and uh, maybe primarily my, my little brother, Caleb, uh, really... Uh, really took to to getting the word around and uh, and being supportive in a lot of ways. I've, I've been blessed by a lot of people around me. And not only do you have uh, your teammates and a lot of people in your corner, you have a mustache. It is Movember, <laughs> and you're back in the race. You're going to use the facial hair aerodynamics and uh, use it to your advantage? Oh, I wouldn't miss a chance to grow a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Ward, we're stoked for you, man. Congratulations on winning the appeal, and good luck this hey, weekend. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. BYU back in the conversation in terms of national championship contention for men's cross country. They've never won a national title. Ranked number five right now, they get Jared Ward back. But more importantly, the NCAA did the right thing. They got it right. It took a while, but they got it right. It took four years. And the court of public opinion making a difference. The NCAA has so much egg on its face. And at least now you have social media that sways these things. Four years ago, this wouldn't have happened. It didn't happen in heaven, 2010 for him. Heaven bless Twitter and Facebook. Uh, speaking of senior legacies, and Jared Ward's going to try and leave his in a hurry as BYU approaches the national championship uh, races on the cross-country side. We go back to football now, and we've talked a lot about Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman, understandably, given that they're uh, two guys that are certainly going to play in the NFL and, and make an impact on Sundays. But Daniel Sorensen 
is another guy that Bronco Mendenhall is going to miss. He he is the captain of the defense, the quarterback of the defense, and uh, he spoke to uh, us here at BYU Sports Nation on how he and Bronco will handle an emotional senior day. I know Bronco's a pretty emotional and sentimental guy, but um, no, we haven't talked about it. And so uh, maybe he will. And, and if he does, it'll be uh, maybe a small gesture or a little whisper in the ear. But that'll be enough for me to, to know that he he cares and that, you know, he loves me. I can imagine Bronco doing that to Daniel Sorensen. Daniel, you've been a tremendous player. As he gets his blanket. <laughs> You'll play in the NFL as a special teamer and a safety. He will. I love you. And he will. Those were my sentiments towards Daniel Sorensen as well, by the way. Daniel Sorensen is a great kid. He's been awesome. Easy to root for and a great football player. His older brother, Brad, is a backup quarterback on the San Diego Chargers, and uh, we'll have a little feature coming up on that, on uh, I believe, on Countdown to Kickoff, right, Jerem? That's right, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Kathy Aiken. Kathy Aiken on that story. The Sorensen brothers perhaps playing in the NFL together. Who knows? Maybe Daniel end up with the Chargers. How fun would that be? Okay, let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and replay that bite one more time and uh, cue the boys to my music if that's okay. I know Bronco's a pretty emotional and sentimental guy, but um, no, we haven't talked about it. And so uh, maybe he will. And, and if he does, it'll be uh, maybe a small gesture or a little whisper in the ear. But that'll be enough for me to, to know that he he cares and that, you know, he loves me. <laughs> Just adds so much to it, doesn't it? We're not going to get to all 22 of the seniors, but some other notables in their final home game. J.D. Falslove, Skylar Ridley, Spencer Hadley, Justin Sorensen, Ethan Manumaleuna. Wani Una leads the team in tackles. That guy's been a beast this year. He, he He's going to set the single-season record for tackles. For That's going to happen, yeah. yeah. I mean, with where he is already? What, I mean, what's the total right now for Wani? You is, would ask. I'm scrolling. I'm looking for it. I'll tell you when I get it. Is it one... Oh, man. Anyway, so Wani Unga, Mike Haig, Sky Pove, Marcus Matthews, who caught that remarkable touchdown pass against Utah State from Riley Nelson on the tip, Blake Morgan, Tyler Beck, and now we have a number on uh, Wani Unga. Okay, he has 101 right now. One, I was going to say he's over 100. The record's 116. And he has... He's on pace for 146. <laughs> he has three games left. To, that record's gonzo. He has four games. It is done. He has four games. Oh, that's right. Game. That's right. The bowl game count factors into that. Don't forget the fight hunger bowl. The hunger games, but the fight hunger games bowl. What? <laughs> Back to our Twitter debate. Who's going to leave the bigger impact on BYU football? Kyle Van Noy or Cody Hoffman? And Jeremy, you and I, we we can. Uh... Go back and forth on this for a long time, but let's go to some of our listeners on Twitter. We'll start with at Harvey J. Scott. Uh, Well, actually, let's go to Devin Smith. Kyle has overtaken Cody in the last year or two. He gets more attention and is a better, quote-unquote, athlete. Hashtag Van Noy by a nose. At Natron17, he says, KVN will leave a uh, larger legacy solely because the defense has been head and shoulders over the offense the last couple years. Which leads me to a thought. I think that part of Cody Hoffman's legacy is that he was the guy during a rough patch in BYU's offense for a couple of years. He was the guy. And that's what, and he carried BYU through some years where the offense was middle of the pack. And that leads perfectly into our, our next uh, uh, Twitter follower, Troy B. Adams. Hoffman now owns every major receiving record despite inconsistent quarterback play and two offensive coordinators, not to mention injuries. KVN had consistent defensive coordinator. That's a really interesting point. Cody Hoffman did what he did. With because there was a lack of people, I think a lot he, of fluid things happening. There was opportunity, and he met it. If Kyle, if Cody Hoffman is Austin Collie, he puts up some big numbers, but he's sharing time with receptions with Harvey Young out of the backfield and Dennis Spitta, who had the most receptions for any tight end in NCAA history. I mean, it's hard to share the load there, right? But during this period, Cody Ho- BYU needed Cody Hoffman in the in the worst way. They needed him. So who leads the bitter, bigger impact, Jerem? I still think Kyle Van Noy. But, it, but it's by a nose. If this is a horse race, down the stretch they come. It's, it's, right at the, uh, it's right at the end there. Here's the bottom line. Both of them, dynamic players. Both of them will leave 
certainly leave an impact on the BYU football program and set the precedent and the bar at a very high level for those coming up in the ranks and with the BYU football program moving forward. This coming in just now from at BYU to NFL. KVN will leave it because he has changed BYU to a defensive powerhouse. Has he changed it or has Bronco changed it and his schemes? I think Kavanoi is the star of that defense. You needed a star to make it nationally known. And last year when BYU's defense was top five, um, KVN was the poster child for that defense. And then finally, at BYU Give, Hoffman is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. His legacy is great. Had he not played with KVN, he'd be the biggest senior. There you go. So, in essence, he is Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan. Maybe not that big of a discrepancy because it's a little bit closer, but uh, Scottie Pippen was a great NBA player that lived in the shadow of Michael Jordan. Is Cody Hoppin living in the shadow of Kyle Van Ness? I don't, I, I don't, may, th- I don't think that's, maybe a that's fair not comparison. A, yeah, maybe that's not fair. I know you're trying to come up with something that makes it so Hoffman has more cred, but I, not that comparison. Maybe it's... I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to make a comparison. It's just it's Van Owen Hoppen. <laughs> you know, that's the fun thing, though. You, when you look back at this period in BYU football, you're going you're gonna to remember those two. Kind of like you think of Unga Pitta Hall. They're and call they're kind of in they're grouped together. That's a good group. That's a good group to have. We're getting some really interesting feedback uh, on Twitter. This is coming from at Chess Sports. KVN's overall story is incredible. Absolute legacy. Couldn't agree more. Up next, what do the numbers say about BYU basketball? The number expert himself, Ken Pomeroy, joining the show live next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Football pregame coverage for the Cougars and Idaho State Bengals starting at 1 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Countdown to kickoff starts at 2 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV, followed by the game itself on BYU TV and BYU Radio live postgame coverage on both. Then at 9.30 Eastern, the men's basketball team playing Colorado Mesa straight out of Grand Junction, Colorado on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now joining the show, Ken Pomeroy, college basketball stats analyst. And Ken, thus far, BYU's got a nice season opening win over a decent Weber State team. Then they go on the road and drop 112 at Stanford. So at this point, what's the national perspective on BYU basketball and their potential this season? Well, uh, for one thing, they're, they're playing at a very fast pace. They're a very high-scoring team. That Stanford game was actually uh, the highest-scoring game, regulation game in Division One basketball in uh, almost three years, about two and a half years. Um, so they're able to put a lot of points on the board, and, and that's what I'm seeing. They're, uh, they rank first in my system in, in overall adjusted tempo. So, uh, so that gives you an idea of what they're doing there. They're a very good offensive team, and – Probably a little shaky on the defensive end. I mean, that's going to be the story for BYU all season, I think. You know, they're playing small. They really don't play a true power forward most of the time. Um, so they handle the ball really well. They score effectively. They're going to struggle a little bit on the defensive end. And the question is, can they score enough points to overcome their defense? And they did that against Stanford pretty effectively. But that's really going to be the story the rest of the season, I think. Ken, what goes into your adjust, adjusted offensive tempo? Uh, what goes into it is uh, the possessions that a team plays at. So, uh, you know, you look at how many shots they take, how many turnovers they commit, how many offensive rebounds they're getting. You look at those numbers, and from that you can compute how many times does a team possess the ball. So uh, for BYU to play, say, an average uh, team tempo-wise, we'd expect them to take about 76 possessions per game. So they have the ball, the opportunity to score 76 times, and, uh, and right now that leads the country. Ken Pomeroy, college basketball stats analyst and expert joining BYU Sports Nation. Ken, what do you think of the effect of the the new college basketball freedom of movement rules, perimeter post-contact, and tighter blocking calls on on the attackers at the rim? I love it. I love it. You know, I've been, uh, I'm pretty much a pessimist when it comes to to rules changes, and we've seen this trend over the past, you know, really 10 to 15 years for college basketball to uh, become more lower scoring. And that's because there are fewer possessions in a game. Possessions are taking longer, uh, and it's been a real problem. And I was uh, completely pessimistic that it could possibly change, but uh, I've been uh, convinced otherwise. You know, this first week of the season, I mean, we're seeing so many high-scoring games. And sure, some of them are produced by 
more fouls, just simply more fouls being called, which isn't necessarily a good thing. But I think there really is a, a, a change in the way the game is being played. You know, there's more space for players to move. Uh, there's more creativity involved. Players are able to attack the rim without having to worry about, uh, you know, some of these shaky charge calls that happened in the past. Uh, it's really been a good thing. We've seen it in the scoring. You know, scoring's up like four points a game. Um, uh, possessions are up. You know, tempo's up over last year, uh, a possession or two per game. Uh, you know, these are subtle changes, but I think they're, they're really good for the game. And the question is, you know, what will we see in a, in a month? What will we see in two months when we get into conference play? You know, and things typically get a little more physical and get a little more slower. That's going to be the real test. But I'm, I'm definitely encouraged about what, we, what we've seen so far. So, so far, uh, to, like you've mentioned, and I've noticed on your blog on KenPalm.com, check it out if you haven't seen it before, is that, yeah, there, there is an increase in scoring due to a, whatever it is, <laughs> the freedom of movement and more fouls called. It seems like this is a transition time where teams are trying to figure out how to defend this. Do you think that this is going to last most of the season or, or it'll fade out? Yeah, yeah, again, I'm, I'm encouraged that it will last most of the season. I mean, the one thing we see year after year is that you know, possessions do get longer as the season goes on. So as we get into conference play and you know your opponent a little better and you know how to defend them better, um, the games do tend to slow down a bit. But because we're starting from such a high point this year, you know, uh, we're, seeing these, we're seeing very few games that, you know, scores are in the 40s or 50s, you know, and we're seeing more games where scores are in the 90s and, and even over 100. Because we're starting from that point, I do think this is going to last the season. You know, teams are going to adjust. They're going to figure out how to defend this a little bit better. We're going to see probably more zone as time goes on. And that will naturally slow down the game. But uh, I still think we're going to see a difference between, like, conference play this year and conference play last year, the last three or four years. I think we're going to see that. Um, I'm hopeful anyway. I've been completely transformed from a pessimist to an optimist now. It's kind of weird. But, uh, but I'm really, really encouraged by what we've seen so far. Well, we're liking what we're hearing in that, Ken. Uh, Ken Pomeroy, BYU, uh, not BYU, college basketball stats analyst, but a friend of the BYU program. You've watched Dave Rose's team play a lot of games. What makes Dave such a unique coach, and what gives him an ability to win so many games in your mind? Well, his style is certainly unique, and I've always felt like, you know, you have a leg up as a college coach if you uh, kind of play uh, an exciting, fast-paced style, you know. Some coaches, uh, you know, are in a situation where they can, you know, coach kind of, I guess you'd call it old school. I don't know if that's really appropriate, but, you know, a really kind of rigid, fundamental, uh, structured offense that, you know, involves, you know, eight or ten passes of possession. I mean, some coaches can get away with that and get away with winning 60 to 50 games and still recruit to that system. But um, I think in the margins, if you're, you know, coaching a system that's up and down, you know, that's two or three passes, that's trying to attack the rim, uh, you know, any chance they get, um, I think you can really uh, improve your recruiting that way. And so, you know, that's really the, the, the hallmark of what Dave does. Um, uh, you know, they've consistently, while he's been there, had that kind of run-and-gun style that dates back to, you know, his influences playing at Houston, uh, you know, as a, as a kid. And, uh, and that's really something that um, makes the Cougars unique and, uh, and makes the program unique. And I think, you know, when it's successful, as we've seen, you know, last two games, at least this season, you know, it's really a lot of fun to watch. Ken, your background is interesting to me because you graduated from Wyoming, and correct me if I'm wrong, you work for the government but teach a class at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, is that correct? Well, I, I used to work for the government uh, as a meteorologist. I did that for about 10, 11 years uh, and actually quit that last year to, to work on basketball full-time. But uh, yeah, my background is definitely in meteorology, and, uh, and I occasionally do some teaching up at the U as well. So, uh, so how the heck did you get into basketball stats? That's the well, question. I, you know, there's actually uh, some crossover there. I mean, I, I like predicting things, really, is the bottom line. So There you go. Yeah, so uh, obviously meteorology, there's an obvious connection there. And, you know, in basketball, that's really where I like to use stats, is kind of to anticipate what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen down the road. I mean, that's kind of how I got into it. So, uh, you know, I like basketball. I had an interest in that to begin with, and it was just kind of a natural thing where my mind works to try to use math and stats to, to predict things, just like I did in weather. Ken, can we get a weather forecast for tonight's women's soccer game between uh, BYU and Weber State in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Uh, it's going to be a little chilly and, and possibly a little damp. But... <laughs> I want barometric lot. pressure. <laughs> it's dropping. It's dropping. Okay. I want to see you up in front of that green screen doing the weather right now as, uh, as we're talking about this. Okay, uh, back to basketball. 
as we wrap up with you, Ken Pomeroy joining BYU Sports Nation, college basketball stats expert. I know you like to uh, address the excitement factor, or, or in essence, uh, like a watchability of all of the games, uh, depending on uh, on any given night. So let's fast forward to Wednesday next week, assuming BYU gets by this weekend over Mount St. Mary's and Colorado Mesa. They have Iowa State. Where on the excitement chart will BYU-Iowa State rank next Wednesday, do you think? Yeah, that's a that's a really fun game. I think I have it as the fourth highest game uh, across the country for all of next week. So starting from Saturday going to next Friday being the week there. So, yeah, just a really fun game to watch. You know, Iowa State is similar to BYU in that they play very small. Um, you know, they really, at this point, they don't – like BYU kind of plays a true power forward maybe half the time or a little bit less. Uh, Iowa State never does. They lost their, their – stud Melvin Edgem to an injury. He might be back for that game. It's a little iffy, but um, if he doesn't play, this is a team that plays extremely small. They really don't play a true center. Their center, uh, George Niang, is 6'7", and kind of likes to hang out on the perimeter on offense. So, uh, so it's a team like BYU because of their personnel. They like to get up and down. They like to play quick possessions. They like to try to score before the defense sets up. They'll struggle a little bit defensively, but they'll play fast pace. So it should be another you know, bushel full of points. I don't think it'll be maybe 112-103, but this is a game that wouldn't surprise me if the score was in the 90s. Ken Pomeroy making his BYU Sports Nation debut. We appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Ken, thanks. Sounds great, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. Our Twitter Facebook question today deals with the gridiron and BYU football as we approach Senior Day against Idaho State tomorrow. That game exclusively on BYU TV, 1 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff, 3 p.m. Eastern. And the question is, who leaves a greater legacy at BYU? Cody Hoffman or Kyle Van Noy? Sound off at BYU Sports Nation. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around, plus today's Rise and Shout. We'll get some more of your reaction on Twitter from that debate. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, Taysom. Taters on display tomorrow, BYU TV, as the Cougars host Idaho State on Senior Day, 3 p.m. Eastern kickoff, 1 p.m. Mountain. We welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton here. Jerem Jordan sits to my right. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's Volleyball. BYU signed a new class of recruits Wednesday, headlined by Brendan Sander, BYU All-American Taylor Sanders' younger brother. Women's Volleyball. 24th-ranked BYU sweeping Gonzaga last night. They'll host winless Portland Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern in the final home match of the regular season. Soccer. Tonight, 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Spencer Linton, Natalie Lewis, and Lauren Frankham on the call. 19th-ranked BYU versus Weber State. In the first round of the NCAA tournament, the winner plays the winner of Denver and Colorado next week. It's a beautiful day for soccer, and those are the words of senior midfielder Rachel Manning. We welcome her to BYU Sports Nation. Rachel, you've been dubbed the magnet by BYU TV analyst Natalie Lewis for your ability to make plays on the ball using your noggin. How do you feel about that nickname? No, I love that nickname. It was given to me my freshman year, so it's kind of stuck with me all four years, and I've embraced it, and I love it. My parents actually made a sign for me, and they put it on the field, and you know, I love being known by that. It's, it's been fun to be called that. Are we going to see that sign tonight? I sure hope so. If it's a lot on the field, it'll be there. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a cold one at Southfield in Provo, Utah, but you welcome Weber State, first round of the NCAA tournament. What makes the tournament experience so special as a Division One player? You know, everything about the tournament is so fun and, and exciting to play on the game field. There's, you know, that extra incentive to, to win and play your hardest because it really is do or die. So you have to go out there and step on the field as though you're kind of invincible and nothing can stop you because that's the, the mentality you have to have because, you know, if you lose, you go home. And, and that's the end of the road for everybody. So there's that added pressure to, you know, perform and to play your best for, for yourself and for your team and coaches and, you know, all the fans that are there supporting you. How do you keep your emotions in check knowing that this is likely the last time you step onto Southfield as a BYU women's soccer player? You know, it'll be it'll be hard to, to keep my emotions in check, but I'll just remember, you know, all the all the previous games I've been able to play on the home field and just think back to the tournament last year and all the home games that we've played on the field and you know, just remember all the good times and all the excitement that we've had and hopefully when we step off that field, you know, we'll all have smiles on our faces and be be excited for the performance that we we played. 
Rachel Manning, the Magnet, joining BYU Sports Nation right now as the Cougars prepare for a first-round NCAA tournament match against Weber State tonight, 5 p.m. Mountain Time start at Southfield. Rachel, the Cougars have accomplished so much. You're ranked 19th in the country. You have the potential to either go play in Florida most likely or if there's a huge upset on the top-seeded Seminoles in Denver. Given the weather status, uh, are you leaning towards Florida over Denver? You know, we'll be ready to play wherever wherever it takes us. I think we'll be excited to play, whether it's in Florida or Denver. The weather, you know, that's just a little byproduct of it. We'll, we'll deal with whatever comes our way, I think. How much do you want a rematch against Denver, potentially, in the second round? Oh, I am so excited for that. As soon as we saw our bracket, we were all kind of cheering because we were excited to have that possibility to play them again and be able to, to perform, you know, and play our best against them if we get that chance. Check out Rachel Manning and the BYU Cougars ranked 19th in the country. Their first-round NCAA tournament game against Weber State tonight live on BYU TV. And if you're in the area, support the local troops. Get warm, wear your coat, and watch the Cougars and Wildcats. Thanks so much, Rachel. Good luck. Okay, thanks. Bye. And now, one of my favorite parts of this show, the best sound of the week. Roll it. So after that first touchdown, four consecutive Wisconsin drives, three and out or less, BYU's defense was winning, but the offense wasn't giving them any time to rest. They kept on having to go right back out onto the field. What we want to do is we want to be competitive and, and have the entire uh, fan base so BYU Cougar Nation uh, respect the fact that we're playing as hard as we can, as well as we can, as long as we can, and as hard as we can. You look at this independent schedule, and it just continues to get stronger and stronger. And, and, and with us playing Wisconsin, you know, it shows you still have some room to go, but this is a work in progress. And I think that's what BYU fans have to realize is you can't just go from Mountain West to you know, playing Wisconsin out there, playing and beating them. You know, I told them, I was like, hey, man, like, if there's anyone that I believe can break this record, you're that guy. So uh, don't don't let me down and, and, you know, make sure that happens. Well, they, they still have the ability to beat Notre Dame, which would be a, a huge win if they're able to pull that off, a signature win for the season. The fact that they knocked off Texas in the fashion that they did early in the season is a huge jewel in the crown of this season. But to go to Notre Dame, and this is a Notre Dame team that still is dangerous, but it's a beatable team. Now don't sleep on Idaho State. They're next. <laughs> Remember, Jerem, how Jerem's asleep. Very quickly, our rise and shout today. Ziggy, ziggy, ziggy. Back on the practice field for the Detroit Lions for the first time since October 25th. So Ziggy, go get go get him. Final poll results on BYUTVSports.com. Who leaves a greater legacy on BYU football, Cody Hoffman or Kyle Van Noy? 60-40. Who do you think it was? It's Kyle Van Noy. Yes, it is. Harder to do as a defensive player. Big thanks to all of our guests this week, David Nixon, Trevor Maddich, Harvey Unga. Uh, we had uh, Idaho State's head football coach, uh, Mike, coach Kramer. Mike Kramer, on the show. Really uh, fun guy. He referenced Kreshemir Chosic, which uh, automatically gave him some cred within the BYU fan base. Said he was a big-time BYU guy growing up. So you'll see Kramer and his Bengal team on the sidelines against BYU football tomorrow on BYU TV. Final thoughts, my friend? Big weekend. Big, big weekend yeah. for everybody. Big thanks to our guests today, Jared Ward, Ken Pomeroy, Rachel Manning, and everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistant Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links and much more. Like and comment all you like. You can listen to episodes of the show on demand at the newly launched BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It's Friday. And you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. Watch sports.